Hi everyone, welcome back to Life is Love School. Today's topic is what keeps people stuck in toxic relationships. According to the National Domestic Violence Hotline, it takes a victim on average seven tries to successfully and permanently leave a toxic relationship. For people from the outside, this phenomenon is baffling. This victim is obviously being abused and a lot of times their children are also being abused, yet the victim either stays in the relationship too long or they try to escape, they try to run, but they get sucked right back. And this running away and getting sucked back can go back and forth and often for years. And sometimes the victims actually never leave. Why is this the case? If this is a question that baffles you as well, please stay tuned. My name is Yumei Chang, and I'm the founder of Life is Love School, where we teach people skills to live a better and healthier life. Specifically, I teach a lot of relationship skills because I believe that good relationship is foundational to our health and well-being. So let's cut to it. Reason number one is trauma bonding. Trauma bonding is also known as Stockholm Syndrome, where the victim actually gets addicted to the abuser. Why does this happen? Similar to how a alcoholic gets addicted to drinking, similar to how a drug addict gets addicted to their drug of choice, the abuse cycle where it's hot and cold, abuse followed by love bombing, triggers a dopamine reward circuit in the victim's brain to create a abnormal amount of dopamine. Dopamine makes people feel good. So this is what why a gambling addict would keep going back to the casino, even though most of the times they lose money, occasionally they hear the ring and they get excited, they win some money. So it's the sadness followed by the happiness at an unpredictable interval that creates that abnormally high secretion of dopamine. It basically gives the addict an high. So people that are addicted to the abuser behave very similarly. They don't know when the abuse is going to come and they also don't know when the good times are going to come. So they're constantly wondering, just like a gambling addict, if they could do something and walk and talk the right way that will allow the abuser to somehow become nice again. So it's this craving for that next hit of sweetness that keeps them going back. So unfortunately, when a victim leaves, their dopamine level is going to drop because they're no longer subjecting themselves to the hot and cold cycle. And when that happens, the brain is not happy. So the brain will concoct all sorts of imaginary scenario where they completely forget everything bad about the abuser and only remember the good things about the abuser. And this is when what they call euphoric recall hits. So you fantasize about the abuser as being only good and you run back and then of course you're met with more abuse. So this is a trauma bonding and it's the number one reason people get stuck. If you're new to the channel, please like and subscribe so you get notified of future episodes. It's also a great way to support our channel so our message reaches people that need to hear it. Reason number two that people get stuck is fear. And specifically, all fears trace down to the fear of death. Why do I say that? So commonly, my clients would tell me that they're afraid of the unknown, they're afraid of financially not being able to make it on their own, they're afraid of being alone. But if you keep asking people, so what? So what, right? So what? You don't have money right now. They might tell you, well, then I might end up homeless on the street. And then if you ask them, so what? They might say, well, I don't have health insurance, I'll get sick. And then you ask, so what? They say, well, I'll die. So ultimately, all the fears lead to a fear of death. 
That is very reasonable. All living organisms want to live and nobody wants to die. However, if you look more closely at the question of death, is death really that scary? It depends on your point of view, sort of like some people believe in the afterlife and some don't. If you believe in the afterlife, you have two paths forward. You either go to heaven, hopefully, or you get rebirth. So it's just something that happens. It's not a big deal. If you don't believe in the afterlife, then poof, you're gone. So similar to the fact that we don't think or feel before we were born, you also don't think or feel after you're dead. So again, it's nothing to worry about. Then what should one worry about? I argue that what's more scary and what's more worrisome is to be alive yet among the living dead. And I've seen too many abuse victims that over the years, what happens is their identity, their sense of self, their dignity, everything about them has been taken away and they are a shadow of their formal self. A lot of victims no longer think independently, so they become the puppet of the abusive person. And also the interesting thing is at this point, the abuse cycle changes and it changes in a very bad way. I remember some victims tell me that after a couple of decades of abuse, their abuser no longer apologizes for brutalizing them. And I'm not surprised by that. The reason that an abuser would apologize to a victim is to suck them back. But if the victim is so demeaned and so weakened that they no longer have the wherewithal or the energy or the strength to leave, there is no reason for the abuser to even apologize. So please don't ever subject yourself to that situation. There are definitely things worse than death. And I think being alive yet dead inside is worse than death. Let me know if you agree. Feel free to drop a comment. I'm always interested in hearing from you. Reason number three people don't leave toxic relationships is they lie to themselves. By that, I mean the victim knows that she should leave, yet because of trauma bonding and emotional dependency, they can't leave. So how do they rationalize this behavior? So they end up having to lie to themselves where they become the apologist of the abuser. They might say things like, well, you know, he's not that bad. He didn't hit me that hard. Or I think I'm able to protect my children. Maybe the damage isn't that bad. So they rationalize their irrational behavior by lying to themselves. This also plays into something called the Ikea effect. And the Ikea effects explains the fact that we get furniture from Ikea where they make you install the bed frame. You have to assemble it. And research shows that people actually enjoy and they value the bed frame more because they actually put some time and effort into assembling the furniture themselves. You can see Ikea effect in action in the real life. For example, people value their children way more than what other people would value their kids. So we might look at our own children and think they're the most beautiful, the smartest, the most amazing kids. But the reason that we overvalue our own children has a lot to do with the fact that we have to wake up in the middle of the night to feed them, to change their diapers, and we have to take them to school. So we have to put a ton of effort into our own kids. And by virtue of the fact that we have to do that, our mind then rationalizes to say, hey, why am I putting so much effort in these kids? Wow, they must be amazing. So the same kind of rationalization goes in a victim's mind. It is not easy to be in an abusive relationship. You have to eat your dignity. You have to suffer being put down on a daily basis. You have to walk on eggshell. There's a lot of personal costs and investment for a victim to stay in that abusive relationship. 
So the victim has an IKEA effect kicked in where she is basically going to say, well, the reason I'm putting so much pain and effort to stay in this relationship must be A, the abusive person must be extraordinary, and then B, the relationship must be worth saving. So be really careful. The longer you stay in an abusive relationship, the more of yourself you invest in there, the harder the IKEA effect kicks in, and the more your tendency to lie to yourself is going to exacerbate. So be really careful, and ideally, if you can, leave as soon as possible. Reason number four that people don't leave is emotional dependency. Why do I call out emotional dependency and not financial dependency? Because everything traces back to emotional dependency. If a person is emotionally independent, but financially not free yet, he will work until he could find a job and eventually move out, etc. Think about all children. Children are by default always completely dependent on their parents financially in, in every single regard. Yet most children grow up, grow up to be adults that are financially independent. Why? Because a child decides at some point that, hey, I want to be on my own. So it may take them 15 years, 20 years, 25 years, but kids grow up to become independent adults. The same is true for a victim of abuse. If they are emotionally independent and they've decided that they must leave for their dignity's sake and for freedom's sake, then they will have a plan in place and they will put one foot in front of the other and eventually become free. So all lack of freedom eventually goes back to emotional dependency. And emotional dependency, once you can cut that, you can also work towards financial independence. Reason number five is we accept the love we believe we deserve. This especially applies to people who survive childhood trauma. If you survive childhood trauma, then likely you've witnessed a lot of bad relational behaviors. So you yourself might tolerate a lot of bad behaviors because in comparison to what your parents had or what you grew up with, what you're see seeing today is not so bad. However, it is that bad. So you really want to raise the bar when it comes to your own relationship. If you want to have a better relationship, you have to raise the bar. And people that have been abused as a child are being put down a lot by their parents. They might have a lower self-esteem and people with the lower self-esteem that are used to taking blame will also take blame in adult relationships when the blame does not belong to them. When somebody abuses you, it's never your fault. It's always the abuser's fault. Yet a victim who grew up with childhood abuse are more likely to take blame and believe that they're being brutalized because they're not good enough, even though that's not true. And that could keep you stuck as well. So if you suffer childhood abuse, it's really important to learn how to love yourself and how to value yourself. If this is a topic of interest to you, please drop a comment and let me know. If there's enough interest, I'd be happy to do a video about this. So I hope you find today's five pointers helpful. As always, I love hearing from you because I create videos based on what interests people and what can help you the most. If you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, please like and subscribe. And I look forward to seeing you next time.